Let's go. Josh Helmer is back. The stars are aligned. Are we good audio-wise? You need a little more of me? Need a little less? How how are we? Check, check. One, two. I think we're pretty good. Wow, look at that. Pretty good. Look at us starting out on the right path. Who would have thought it? Who would have thunk it? Welcome back to a uh, the Monday edition of the Plank Show because we <laughs> yeah, feels ba- that way. <laughs> we barely got to talk to Josh yesterday because he was battling the ice and the elements. Now, uh, I am still coming to you live from our Goldsby, Washington studios, also better known as the Buffalo Wild Wing studios because. I I did have that moment, and I'm not even lying. So much has been going on, Josh, that I completely forgot that my car did die. Like it's 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 dead. Oh no! I mean it's it's gone. R.I.P. So I was I was in a mode to where I was really excited. I I know this sounds weird, and I love being home. Don't get me wrong, I love being home, but I really love being in studio. We've got a great group of dudes and dudettes that we work around, right? Uh, got Perry, Tanner, all the, the sales staff. Always good to see, you know, Parker and Steelman when they roll in. Steely's in early, so he's so I love our crew. Like literally, it's it's a dream, and I love being home. But I hate being home for the show. Does that make sense? It's like I don't want to go anywhere. I like being home. If I could just make a trip to the station once a day, right, and then any of my OU games, I'm set. Right, I I'm I'm good. But I don't like not being in studio, Josh, so I apologize. I'm sorry. This has got to be the last day, right? I've got to get in studio at some point, don't I? I mean, hey, it would be probably ideal, but right. I think I think things operate pretty well from the uh, Casa Day Plank, Studios Day Plank. I've got, I feel like I have a nice setup. I feel like unless I... T- told you that I was here I I would like to believe you wouldn't know right I would like to believe people would think we've done this together long enough our chemistry is what it is and hopefully the studio set up here at uh in in living springs is good enough to where everyone would be feeling not like they're shorted on audio quality today which matters a lot to me right speaking of that I'm glad you got back in yeah, everyone I assume is good from the weather last night. We when did you finally get out? When were you finally able to get out of the uh Helmer Chateau or whatever the term is we want to use? <laughs> I said dorm yesterday. When did you get out of the Helmer dorm like you're yeah, in college? I, I got out of the dormitory <laughs> uh probably about six o'clock. Okay. Last night I had uh I had that itch to to get out. I just you know, and at the end of yesterday Amanda asked me, she said, well, did you have a good snow day, ice day? I said, no. No, I did not. It's the worst feeling in the world. Like, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You're just, you're stuck at home. I mean, I, I understand that there's Ubers and things of that nature, but you don't, you don't want those people having to get out in this, right? Them people. So I made the same decision you did at about... Uh, Four o'clock yesterday after feverishly getting ready for this here very radio program today. Coming up, Mark Williams will join us on the show. KJ Kindler, who usually kicks off the show in the two o'clock hour, Josh, uh, she reached out and said, I have a meeting at 830 that I can step out of and call you. 
And I was like, if you want to use this show as an excuse to get out of a meeting, Coach, I'm always here for you. But we're wide open for whenever you want. So whenever KJ Kindler wants, she's going to swing by. And I should add, we have tickets to give away. Now, I waited on you getting in to give away tickets. So we'll have have tickets to give away to the home opener this weekend for OU Women's Gymnastics throughout the week. Make sure you tell a friend or two. And if you haven't been before, great opportunity to go and enjoy Sooner Women's Gymnastics for free. Free, I tell you, Josh. Free. So that's coming up. Plus, uh, all the portal updates that you need. There's coaching rumors and news. And we got a big one inside the LNC tonight. We are all in on OU Texas coming up on the show. As always, if you want to jump in here, 405-651-3439. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. If you know what you want to talk about before we dive into all of our topics, you can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Call someone, 405-329-9000. I don't think I've called anyone in a while outside of the hotline to be on with Toby and TJ. Or you can use Twitter, Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Everyone should be following us at KREF Sports. But before we dive into all that fun, so what what time did you finally get out and about yesterday? Well, I tried to get out and about yesterday at <laughs> 8 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> you know, 8.30 or so, right, which was well ahead of schedule for me, probably right. still not early enough. But, uh, well, without getting into too many details, just suffice it to say it did it go didn't well. Work. And – you know, the the one thing I didn't realize about our apartment complex until it was in a sheet of ice is that the parking spots themselves on either side, it, uh, you know, a lot of times when you, you build a house or an apartment, right, you build it atop the foundation and things, you know, sort of trickle away from yeah. the foundation, right? That way right. you don't have water coming in, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that makes it challenging when you're trying to, I don't know, move out of a parking spot that's <laughs> iced over or get back into a parking spot that was iced over. So I didn't realize how sloped the oh, the boy. parking lot itself was. So that uh, that created some challenges. But uh, I ended up finally getting out yesterday evening and uh, – and that was good, and obviously today the the roads are fine. But uh, yesterday was was not a ton of fun. So I, at around 4 o'clock, yeah, 4 o'clock yesterday, we have to, uh, just to kind of let you guys know the world that I'm living in right now, we had to get pig feed, and we had to somehow get to the Washington FFA barn for my daughter to feed her show pig. It's not a bit. It's not a joke. That's real life. So we're now to one car right now as a family, which is a smooth minivan, which means, Josh, I am a chick magnet on the road right now. And there's a button on this minivan that says snow. And I'm not dumb enough to not understand what that means. So we back out of the driveway, hit that snow button. Now you got immunity. You're safe. I'm good. I mean, you ain't stopping me. But we have a little curvy hill, right? It's it's a slope. In in our neighborhood, you go down the hill, and there's about three houses at the bottom of the hill, four, four, four houses at the bottom of the hill. So there's not a lot of activity on that road, right? You come driving down my road, I know something's going on, man. I am looking out that window. Like, Eagle-eyed. Who are, you? Who are you? You're either the Amazon person, <laughs> the trash guy, or my mailman. Or male woman, excuse me. Male lady. Uh, I know all the cars from my neighbors, and I really there's only one car that would go by my house, right? So I, I, I'm thinking to myself, 
I haven't seen a lot of activity traffic. Yeah, there's today. not much going on. <laughs> so this might be on me. So wait, okay, you said this was at four o'clock. Four o'clock. Okay. Four o'clock, right? Okay, so we're we're melting a little bit. We'll actually have melted probably a pretty good bit. Absolutely. So as I get to this this windy hill in my hood, I notice that there is a man whom I don't recognize that's walking down the hill. And I, listen, I'm I'm really bad with faces. I mean, I like my buddy Jerry that lives down the street from me, whom I love, diehard Sooner fan, probably listens every day. Jerry shaved. Uh, he shaved his whole beard. I didn't know who he was one day. I think I even introduced myself to him. And he's like, Plank, it's it's me, Jerry. Dude, like, it's me. I'm like, it's Jerry. Like, you look like a different person. So, and this person was bundled up. So as I'm going up the hill, I'm wondering, the heck is that guy doing, right? And then as I got about halfway up the hill, I realized, oh, I know exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's trying to figure out if his car can get up it. Up it because as I got halfway up the hill, Josh, those tires start spinning and they're not going anywhere. And so my thought is, here we go. I am rolling downhill and I'm crashing into a wall, right? It's an icy hill. Somehow, by the grace of the big man upstairs, as I hit those brakes, car came to a stop. Oh, man, what a good feeling. Bro. I'm going to tell you something. If that car hadn't stopped and I kept rolling backwards. Well, you're picking up steam. Right. I might have just started crying. And I notice that I've got a little bit of traction. And I didn't want a traction. No. I, just, I got a little bit of traction. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, let's try putting it in driving. No, not at all. Let's put it in driving. He <laughs> gave it one final <laughs> chance. I'm huh? like, you know what? Why not? And this guy was kind of – because in that situation, if it's me and I see someone trying to drive up the hill, I might pull the phone out, you know, just to kind of have a little video of it in case something viral might happen. Uh, he did not, so that was kind. But he did say – he came down, and, and I rolled down my window, and, and he's like, you got up further than I did. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, we stopped here. I was just walking to see – you know, if there was any way that it kind of gets it gets better as you go up the hill, right? And he goes, it does not. So he kind of watched as I was going back down the hill, and he did the point every now and then for my, my wheelbase because, again, it was, it was hard to see, and it was all iced over. And I thankfully, thankfully was able to back down, not hit a tree. And there is – I don't know about how you felt – you're almost defeated when you're having to drive that car back and park it and expect and explain to the the family that we ain't getting out. You know, it's it's almost it's almost as if you've lost. You're broken. I'm broke. I'm a broken man. That that was me yesterday. Oh, <laughs> trying to trying to get out of the apartment complex. I oh. made a couple of mistakes. Maybe learned a, a good lesson or two. But uh, yeah, it's it's not a good feeling oh, when so humbling. The, the, the brakes barely work or don't work. Right. The vehicle's not going where you want it to go. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's that's just tough. And there's, I mean, what do you do? It's it's no real, no, no real guard against or success pattern versus a sheet of ice. Yeah, no, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. It's like Patrick Mahomes. It's inevitable. You just got to. 
there's no magic way to get around it. Now, I'm, I'm sure, listen, I think we've got a lot of manly men that listen to this show that will be like, Plank, why didn't you do that? To which I would respond, didn't occur to me. Didn't occur to me. Uh, the, the guy, though, that was helping me back down the hill did did say, and I thought this was interesting, goes, I think if you can get over, because there's some grass that's like on the right side. He said, I think if you can get over and you can get your right side tires into the dirt because there's a curb on the left you side, You would get Josh. traction. Right, right. He goes, I think you would. So I thought, you know what? That's not a bad idea. And then as I tried to turn my car, when I got to the bottom of the hill, I realized, now I'm really not going anywhere. <laughs> so there will be no attraction. <sighs> None. Now, the good news is school's back in session. Everyone's able to get out today. Thankfully, we, uh, we all survived. There was no cannibalism or anything of that nature. 24 hours, hold up in the house. We made it. We survived, Josh, and that's what's most important in all of this, right? That's right. Yeah, we're very fortunate that it did get above and stay above freezing. <laughs> Chapstick. Starts rolling backwards, put it in neutral, whip a J-turn, at least you'll face forward. Also, in ice, you can break or you can turn. You can't do both usually. I did find that out yesterday. Now, I want to be very clear. Uh I'm 48 years old. This is not the first time that I've dealt with ice, right? I've driven on ice. Uh, I, I grew up in the Midwest. I mean, the first month that I had my driver's license in, oh, my gosh, 1992, was like this wild, wet winter slash ice storm, and that's how I kind of knew how to drive. Of course, I was also 16 and 17 then, and I had a standard, so I would like – kick it into neutral and get this tire spinning. You know, had a good time with it. 16 to 17, you have no fear, though, No either. fear it's whatsoever like... in life. Chapstick, let's remember, I'm driving a minivan with my daughter who is freaking out in the passenger seat <laughs> and some man who is desperately trying to help me on the side of the road. So we survived. We got here. Life is good. Uh, Julio did add one more thing. Did you guys see the fire truck? That was careening out of control in St. Louis. Have you seen that video yet, Josh? Uh-uh. Bro. If you ever want to get the uh, we're not going out today vibes, I'll send you the video during the break. It is, <laughs> it's a good reason it, to stay home. It, it, it's, it's a fire truck that is just spinning down the road, and there's nothing that anyone in there can do. So we're good. Let's talk some sports. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Plank Show. Now, on the rundown today, there is a lot of makeup time. In other words, we got to get caught up from Josh's take on all things from the NFL playoffs this weekend, including his Kansas City Chiefs back in the AFC Championship game. Congratulations. I think I think Sunday's going to be a great game. I think the Ravens-Chiefs, I think it's going to be amazing. But in the other NFC title game, you got the Lions watching the Detroit Lions and the buzz around their story, their saga, their path really got me thinking. Touched on this slightly yesterday, but when we come back, could we get a Lions-type story in the NFL? I'll explain next. K.J. Kindler around the corner, we hope. Mark Williams at 940 today right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans. It's The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. All right, here's my question before we dive into some OU Texas previews. Six o'clock tonight inside the LNC. Crowd-wise, I think it's going to be great. Uh, I'm really excited for it. And Mark Williams is coming up at 940 this morning. So here's my question, Josh. We watched the Detroit Lions and have watched them become a very feel-good story, right? Stories, and I I won't lie, their intro into the, the game on Sunday, even though we were all rooting for Baker and the Buccaneers, that was really good. Yeah, they had the, the guy that's become kind of a viral sensation that was crying in the stands when they won their first game, talking about his dad who had – you know, passed away in a car wreck when he was really young and how mm-hmm. much he loved the Lions. You had the, the, the like, 80-year or whatever, that old dude, the season ticket holder. You got the Lions guys that, you know, Dan Barstool, Big Cat, was always kind of giving grief to. There's a lot of really cool stories about long-term pain and suffering, and it feels like with Dan Campbell and kind of with their roster, they're a universally loved squad, right? So here's my question. Brought this up yesterday. Is there a college team you think that could generate those types of universal feels amongst sports fans? Well, it's different because the NFL is designed to be equal. Okay, I agree. And it's not been equal for the Detroit Lions, right? I mean, they've been a long-suffering franchise Three decades they mm-hmm. waited for a playoff victory. So that in and of itself makes it challenging, I think, to find a college correlation because agreed colleges by just the way it's built a little bit unequal, right? I mean, there's the haves and there's the have-nots. Okay. There's the blue bloods and there's there's everybody else. But that being said, you know, in some ways we've almost had it. The, the last couple of years, I think. TCU. TCU especially. Washington to a little bit lesser degree, right? So mm-hmm. those two teams, for different reasons, another program that came to mind was Nebraska. Yeah, that, was, that seemed to be the most universally viewed squad. Now, Nebraska is different from Detroit because, well, Nebraska was the program of the 90s. That's or right. at least one of them, right? And has won a bunch of championships, but they've been long-suffering since. And I think because of their history, the pageantry associated with Nebraska, they've been down so long that unless, I don't know, you're a Wisconsin fan or an Iowa fan or a Minnesota fan or a select uh, OU fan – from that certain time period, probably a lot of people could get on board, right, with mm-hmm. Nebraska making a championship push in college football. They won three of four titles. And, again, in the mid-late 90s or early even 2000s, we still weren't yet uh, BCS or playoffs. 94, 95, 97. So the year that, year that they won the national championship, their last national championship, was the year that Michigan claims its last national championship, right? So, I immediately thought of Nebraska. So, I'm with you 100% on that. I brought up Notre Dame. But somebody pointed out 
that Notre Dame is so despised by some and knowing that Rudy was offsides, that it's – I'm joking, by the way – that it maybe it wouldn't be as beloved. And let's let's remember, this is a team that was in the playoffs in 2020, right? Is that right? No, they played in the Rose Bowl in 2020. Sorry. Uh, they were in the BCS title game in 2012. So they've they've been relevant relatively recently, right? Sure. I mean, it's not as pronounced as Nebraska, 100%. Right. Um, so I don't. I don't know, and and they were. I'm sorry that that was the year that they were in the playoffs, because both Notre Dame and Clemson made it that year in the twenty. I've forgotten so much about the 2020 season, right? That was that I forgot that Notre Dame was in the 14 playoffs. So maybe that doesn't work as well. You also have to add, as you said, Josh, a certain sense of reality to it, because the service academies. Like, would be a natural pick, right? Like, in a 12-team playoff era, if suddenly Army or Navy make a run, but our Air Force, maybe more Army-Navy than Air Force, no offense to John Lyons and the Air Force peeps out there, but I I don't know if that's even reality right now. Right? I don't even know if we could possibly even think about that. Wrapping our, our minds around that idea is, like, it's not possible. Right, right. So... In just the overall excitement of what's happening right now with the Detroit Lions, I kind of wondered, is there a college equivalent if they made a run? 405-651-3439. That's the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Best submissions win themselves a pair of tickets to Friday night's women's gymnastics meet inside the LNC. 405-651-3439. I just, True brings up a pretty good one. Though there's a little bit of historical pre- uh, preference. He goes, what about Kansas State once Bill Snyder got there? Nebraska never won anything. Just like Kansas State has not, Nebraska has. I thought about Kansas State. Right. Kansas State is a good one because it's uh, it's now, I mean, is it fair to say it's a, it's a proud football mm-hmm. program? It's not a storied football program. Right. Which is what True's getting across right there. But it's, it's officially a, a proud football program that has had some legitimate highs with, with Big 12 championships. And what the, uh, the one year in 98 with Bishop and company, Kansas State fans feel like got away. They, they, they right. think that they had their chance maybe at a national championship that season, but they didn't get it done. They lost to A&M in the Big 12 championship game. So that would be a good one. And I agree that America would probably get behind rooting for the little engine that could Kansas State. Huh. It, maybe not OU fans, right? right? We're too close to it, but I think a lot of America would. So 405-651-3439, check in. When we come back, we'll start our preview of Oklahoma and Texas tonight, plus Mark Williams is right around the corner right here on The Ref. All right, guys, big development on the super secret email. We have a super secret textos online, super secret email. By the way, every time I say anyone named Greg, what do I want to say? Greg Jennings. <laughs> Greg Sankey, uh, likely on the show next week. We're, we're hammering out details as we speak. No kidding. Yes. The commish? The commi- my commissioner. Our commissioner. Oh, dude. 
Okay. Our commish, no doubt. So, fingers crossed that we can make that happen. The GOAT. Tonight in a, uh, in a historic SEC battle, Oklahoma and Texas will square off against each other. Um, did you happen to sit in on the Zoom yesterday with Porter Moser? I did not. Okay, I, I, I didn't either, but I went back and listened to the whole thing. I mean, the whole thing. There were only like, guys, OU is playing Texas. I love, I love my media brethren. If we could have a moment and sit down. OU is playing Texas. Why the hell are we asking Porter Moser about court storming when OU is playing Texas? What are we even doing? Now, Porter is awesome, and he gave a great question, right? All right a, a great answer. But what? And in fact, Josh, he got asked about it twice. Twice. Are we, are we not paying attention? Probably not. What, uh, what did he say? You want to hear it real quick? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear what he had to say and, about and he, it. And he gave a great answer, too, on the follow-up because I don't remember who it was that asked him, but it was like follow-up. And he was like, listen, I, I, I know this is a big story. He's like, but I'm so focused on Texas right now. But as Porter usually would, he gives a great answer. This was when he was asked about, hey, thoughts on court storming. You're playing Texas. What a great matchup. Not how can you slow down Max Acemas. Not how great uh, do you feel like the challenge is. Not any of that. No, no, no. What's your thoughts on court storming, Coach Moser? I do think people got to be prepared. I'll tell you this. We get to Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a court storming against TCU. Literally, an hour and a half before the game, security pulled me aside and said, if Cincinnati wins and they run the court, this is what's going to happen. We were coming out of the one exit. He goes, you're going to shake their hands, and we got a whole tunnel to go right to a door behind their bed. So they were completely prepared. They had security there and there. So I think the preparation is part of it. Two, there's got to be some kind of penalty if there's contact with the student athlete or if that. It's like, the like, I mean, whether it's an arrest, it's hard because we court stormed when we played Alabama. It was great. But yeah. you, you don't want, there's got to be sanctions if there's a crossing the line of touching a, a student athlete or something thrown at a student athlete. They got to feel safe down there. But, but, it's 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 preparation, and then it's got to be an education about to your fans about don't cross a line, man. Don't cross a line. If you're going to storm the court, run to, if it's 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 in the middle, the middle. But you got to your first your first responsibility is to get the other team off safely, and I think we've got to continue to work on that. Hey, not bad, right? Good stuff. Very good. good. We'll have more on the actual matchup coming up, including Porter's thoughts on Max A. Smith seeing Jalen Moore step up. And what he's seen from this squad as they've handled the pressure over the last few weeks of what they've seen from Cincinnati and then West Virginia. Also, Isaac Trotter from 24-7 Sports gives us his preview along with Chris Button. But when we come back, we shift our focus from tonight and the whiteout inside the LNC at 6 o'clock to men's gymnastics. Mark Williams right around the corner here on The Plank Show. Number one. Number one. That's where the OU men's gymnastics team is ranked. And as we get set for a big meet this weekend, we're pumped to be joined by Mark Williams, their head coach. Coach, congratulations on the great start. Uh, you like being number one this early? Back where you belong? <laughs> oh, yeah. Heck, the alternative is uh, <laughs> to not be number one, and uh, it's it's great to get back there. It's It's been a while since we've had the level of uh, excitement for my my 
my team and just uh, a performance that really felt like we've we've got a team that has a chance to contend again for another national championship. That's awesome. Now, I, I might have got a little ahead of myself. Let's not forget, you got Illinois up in Champaign, and that's a really good program coming up this weekend before Ohio State and Arizona State come to town that first weekend in February. But for your first couple of meets so far, is there – we, we talked about your depth, right, and how good you felt about your depth. Has there been anything that's kind of surprised you about uh, the way this team has performed early on? I, I think their their passion uh, came out on Saturday that, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of that. Uh, nobody put us up in the top three in the preseason ranking. You know, we'll, we'll uh, need to make a statement to, to get some believers out there. Um the, the the emotion and the the intensity that my guys competed with on Saturday was was kind of unique. I mean, it it was it was fun to watch. Um, it, the the gymnastics came easily because they were just all really into what they were doing as a team, and uh, it was just it was a fun night because uh, you know Fuzzy Bennis came back after basically being out a complete season the whole year three different major injuries that that kept him from competing and uh he was better than ever you know i i i was just in awe that not only had he gotten back but he was better than he was a year ago before all this stuff started happening and it was fun to see him enjoying being out there competing again yeah we mentioned uh you just mentioned fuzzy it how contagious is that to the rest of your team when you have a guy that's that's got some juice and, and the talent that he has when he goes out and is able to accomplish and perform the way that he did is that something that becomes kind of contagious throughout the lineup throughout the the locker room if you will yeah absolutely you know th- this is the first time he's done all six events the the opening weekend um i think he did four events and um you know we just didn't want to push things too much but he had to qualify to the winter cup the track to get back on uh the national team so that was his first all-around since uh the ncaa championships in uh 2021 that we hosted so uh his first event he stuck a vault and you know my guys just exploded it was it was fun like he he stuck four out of six events which is not easy to do and, and not particularly uh, that common. And, but it just was sort of a, a statement of how he was back. Hmm. How's Captain Jack's season started? How's Jack Freeman look for you? Jack was unbelievable. Um, he, he has his ups and downs in practice sometimes. But, uh, you know, Saturday night, part of the reason we had the success we did was, you know, attributed to the leadership of, Jack Freeman and uh, Dan Simmons, who, who, you know, rallied those guys. You know, every event was sort of like, hey, this is this is for us, you know. And that's something that, you know, you, you can't teach that kind of leadership. He, he did not let them get distracted. Like, we were doing really well, and every event we'd get the team back together and be like, we're not done. Let's, you know, keep this going. We can – we can hit a 420 if we just, you know, just keep doing what we're doing. And that part of it, um, I think we've had a little bit of that missing. Um, the last, you know, last year where we were struggling just to have enough guys to put up in the lineup. And 
And this time we were like, uh, you know, okay, we, we can be really good and we just have to be focused and, and get this job done. And it, in the end, that was, you know, the, the message is out there. We, we finally have gotten back up the number one ranking. We've got the highest score in the, in the country. And, um, you know, I think other teams are going to have to deal with us and go into Champaign. will probably be the, the first real test since, uh, you know, Illinois, uh, being away, um, they're a good, talented program, and we're going to have to bring our A game again. OU has started the men's gymnastics season 3-0. They'll make their home debut in a couple of weeks against Ohio State and Arizona State. You can get tickets at Soonersports.com slash tickets. But since you mentioned uh, the fight in Illini of Illinois, you guys are headed to Champaign on Sunday. What do we know about Illinois? What's kind of caught your eye with them early in the season? Well, they have a lot of talent. Um, they're going to be a little slower about getting uh, the consistency that that they finished with last year. Like, you know, we beat Illinois in a dual meet. We beat them in the prelims. And in finals, they hit 100% and jumped us, you know, by having one of those nights like we had on Saturday. And, you know, they, in their home environment, they're, they're really dangerous. Um, and we're going to have to be – Matching that emotion, I think, is is the biggest thing. I know that we can run with them, their gymnastics, but you know this will be the first road test. I think that puts us into an environment that's a little more uncomfortable. Um, you know, they have a, a coach that's really passionate, and they've got some really talented guys. They haven't quite put it all together yet. They've they've had one meet that you know their score wasn't super impressive, but you know I think they're kind of laying in wait for us so um i'm you know i'm kind of excited we've got a good team and i think these guys want to prove that do uh i i noticed you guys were named the team of the week by for the performance in the mountain uh the mountain open by inside gymnastics does that mean much to you is that something that matters to you yeah i mean we need exposure in men's gymnastics we need mm-hmm. to have people know that we exist and we can get more support for our home events. So cool. Uh, the fact that, you know, a trade magazine and uh, the media is paying attention to the fact that uh, we had a fantastic weekend that, you know, we had athletes that are um, vying for national team spots and that, um, you know, maybe we're going to have an opportunity to, um, you know, stop, the streak that Stanford's had with their past four national championships. And, you know, it's fun to be in that, that role of the underdog because um, we have to earn it. But it's also nice that the media is recognizing that, you know, we, we're good this time of year and other teams are going to have to deal with us one way or the other as the season goes on. You know, you, you touched on it briefly, but I, I want to circle back to one thing in looking back one final time, a 100% hit percentage. Now, uh, you, you've had it multiple times 20, since 2013, 2022 senior night. I think the, the original video that started making the rounds was that it was the first since 2013, but it isn't common, right? How, how rare is it and how, as a coach, exciting is it when you have something like that happen? Yeah, that, that that was the the thing, you know. I 
I got all excited because I was thinking back in 2013, we had a team that was, you know, stru- we had we had lost uh, uh, Jake Dalton from that team who, who had gone off to, uh, you know, he had taken the Olympic tour and, and gone professional. So we were, we were down in the level, but we went into that finals with guys that just was, they just were crazy good. You know, we, we jumped up to second and beat teams at that point that we probably sh- shouldn't have. And it was so, it was such a fun night and that stuck in my, stuck in my mind. And actually after I talked to the media after Saturday night's meet, you know, my wife's like, you've gone hundred percent more than just that. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so I did, I went back and, uh, and 2014, we did it twice. We did it once in 2018 and once in 2022, but that's only, you know, four times mm. in a decade. And uh, I know talking to the Stanford coach, as as the head coach out there, he said his teams never hit 100. percent Wow! So I knew that that was pretty special. And for this time of year, it's it's really special for us to to be able to hit everything that we've done and doing in a manner where we executed well and and had that kind of energy and and so you know i got a little carried away but uh yeah it's pretty rare <laughs> hey you uh you before i let you go i'll let you go on this you had warned us uh, in a good way of just how talented uh, and i am reed denali donnelly uh, how he was Denali, yeah oh, okay boy we have seen it so far how impressed have you been with the way that he's launched this 2023 campaign sorry 2024 campaign yeah you know the kid that came in uh you know two and a half years ago as a freshman is not the same memory that you're seeing on the floor right now because he he's starting to get it like going to the world championships this summer kind of validated in his mind that i hey i could be an olympian next year i could represent uh, the Tur- Turkish national team at the Olympics in Paris, and and the difference in terms of his quality of practices, opposed to how he he had come in, is is just night and day. And he's he's you know for a long time he was very skeptical about the coaching, you know, like in the in the the process and and the schedule and and the. The way we did things was very foreign to what he was used to coming from uh, his program in Canada, um, and now he's buying in. Like he'll, he actually stands in front of me and listens. So I'm I'm excited about that, <laughs> and and he's getting better. And and like Saturday night, he scored a 15-2-5 on floor, which is that never happens. Like it's all about high level difficulty and landings, and he's doing a layout double double. He, he just did a, a phenomenal floor routine that, again, you know, that's something if he does that routine and, and actually gets on the Olympic floor, he could be in the Olympic finals doing floor. That's so cool. That is so cool. Well, safe travels to Champagne, Mark. I appreciate you finding time for us. I know you're incredibly busy and look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Can't wait to get you guys back home in a couple weeks. Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Enjoyed being on with you, and, you know, have a good week. Hopefully we beat Texas tonight. That's right. There you go. Look at Mark Williams leading us right into OU Texas talk. That's the head men's gymnastics coach at the University of Oklahoma, Mark Williams, as they get set for a big showdown against Illinois on the road. Now, he's right. We haven't given OU Texas our full all-in preview. We're going to do it coming up. Before we get to a break, though, 
Porter did talk about the transition that Max Acemas has made from playing at ORU to playing at Texas. Here's what the Sooner head coach said about the big-time scorer by way of ORU to the University of Texas. Seamless. I mean, you don't get that many points. I don't care what level. If you don't know how to put that ball in the hole and see it go in the hole. Tremendous confidence. Watch him at the end of games. You know, you can go back to Louisville, um, to even West Virginia. They lost that, but he had like 12 in like two and a half minutes. Um, obviously, at, at uh, Cincinnati, we just saw that one that he did. Um, and then Tyrese had the one at last thing. So they got a lot of threats, but Max has just got so much confidence, plays with a great pace. Um, he can get his shots off at, at any level. He's, he's done it and uh, seamless, um, you know, moving to the Big 12. He's, he's one of our premier guards in our league. So – when we come back, what is the Sooner plan to try to slow down Max Acemas and Texas? Texas hasn't been as good of a team on the road as they've been at home this season. Oklahoma kind of feel like this has the potential to be a special year and how those transfers have really meshed with the foundation of OA and Uzon. We'll dive into it on a very busy OU Texas preview edition of the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Stick around. 